0: From Alaskatine Media Institute, I am Kendrick Whiteman. This is Film Club. A podcast series where youth film critics and cultural connoisseurs spill the theoretical tea on a new movie. So these are spoiler filled conversations, folks, if you haven't seen the movie they're talking about. Be prepared to learn far more about them when the trailers will tell you. For this episode, we're talking about the newest animated movie, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, a sequel to the 2018 chapter, Into the Spider-Verse. It picks back up with our hero, Miles Morales, as he tries to balance his life in high school, the expectations of his parents, and his responsibilities being your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. But when fellow Spider-Person, Gwen Stacy, crosses the multiverse to pay him a visit, Miles is thrust into another adventure that takes him out of his dimension and into many others meeting new heroes and villains along the way. A few of our At film critics sat down to talk about the movie, how it uses the medium of animation to elevate the story, the growing trends of multiverse storytelling, and much more. Here's their discussion, led by Jordan Kell.
1: Welcome to the Roundtable for Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. I'm your host, Jordan Kell, and, uh... I'm a big webhead. Personally, I love Spider-Man, loved the movies, the games ever since the early 2000s, you know, favorite superhero. But anyways, can we introduce ourselves and give a brief explanation of our personal relationships with Spider-Man?
2: Hi, I'm Daisy Carter. Um, I also am a spiderhead. I love Spider-Man. The first movie that I actually went to go see was the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man, and I vividly remember going into the theater being super excited. Um, yeah, I love Spider-Man, um, that's really all.
3: Um, I'm Madison Knudsen, yeah, I, I like, I probably love Spider-Man too, um, I don't, I don't have have a favorite Marvel, like, superhero, but, um, Spider-Man is pretty up there on the list, uh, and I, I more remember the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man, uh, Spider-Man or Spider-Man films, Um, And then the uh, Tom Holland ones, Uh, those are like the most recent ones and I wasn't, I didn't like jump at the chance to see the first Spider-Verse film, um, mostly because I was used to the live action, but once I saw it, yeah, it's, that one at the time was the best one and now it's debatable because this new one came out, but yeah, that's my relationship.
1: What was everyone's expectations going into the new film? Because personally for mine, I was expecting it to blow the first one out of the water. Personally? I think it did a phenomenal job. I think I'm very excited to see uh, this series and how it plays out compared to the live action Spider-Man films.
2: Yeah, so I also had like really high expectations and it like met slash surpassed all of my expectations. I thought it was such an amazing movie. Um, I think like my jaw dropped for like maybe like 30 minutes of the movie i was just like oh my gosh just in awe of like the art style i'm not really like an artist per se i mean like i'm a filmmaker but which you can consider to be an artist but i'm not like a drawing person and i have such admiration for people who are and like this film just really like solidified like my love for like art and just people who create art i'm just like oh my gosh it is crazy like the 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 background, the the animation of the characters was just so amazing and just so fluid. It just, uh, I loved this movie.
3: Yeah, I, <laughs> I would have to say ditto. Um, yeah, the first like few minutes with uh Gwen's intro just like set the tone for the movie to me. Um, and I had like big expectations. I was like, oh yeah, this is gonna be like one of the best Spider, Man movies ever because. That's what uh uh what Chris and Lord Miller do or what what are their names the Miller brothers um who did this film that's what they do they're they're awesome um uh so yeah that's what I was expecting and yeah the the first intro just with the backgrounds just amazing it was great um and I think that was like the best way to start it off but yeah everything else was just awesome the the voice cast. Was great. Um yeah, the animation, the story, the pacing, it was perfect. I think. Yeah. (laughs) It was it was pretty much, I think, the best Spider-Man movie ever. Yeah.
1: And to add on to what uh Daisy said, I fully agree with the animation. I personally am not an artist, but I surround myself with a lot of digital artists and just seeing every universe's uh individual art style like Gwen's was all brush strokes and paint strokes Miles was more 3D rendered and then um like how Obi was all comic panels and like newspaper and like paper clippings I think the design team did wonderful and it definitely feels more like a passion project Mm -hmm. than it does just a media product it you know that's uh something that I think I'm starting to notice a lot with newer movies, especially like Marvel films. It feels like a lot of them are just yeah. rolled out for the sake of, you know, we have the IP.
3: Yeah, this and uh, No Way Home are like both films I, I pretty I liked fairly well. I'm now realizing No Way Home was like very much a, we're going to go straight forward, like fan service, we're a Marvel movie, and just like the difference that that movie and then this movie was just like astronomical and like one is clearly like a passion project and one is like there's passion in it but it's not purely a passion project
2: no and adding on um about the opening of of this movie um i remember i heard an interview or saw an interview where the girl who um, is the voice actress for gwen stacy um she actually said that the artists were like oh Like, your character is kind of like a mood ring that, like, whenever your character, like, changes a mood, like, the whole set also changes a mood. So you can also, like, definitely see that with, like, the thing. I thought that was really cool. And with Obi, um, he's actually—I think everybody's at two frames per second. I think something along those lines. But then he's three frames per second, so he's also like actively like animated to be different than everybody else. So I thought that was cool.
1: Yeah, Obi's awesome. I love that he's animated for three frames a second, and his guitar is four frames a second to even nice. make him stand out further out. Um, and I love that about his guitar. It's not just a, uh. A standalone object, it constantly moves and changes, mm-hmm. right as well. And um to go along with the Gwen changing colors, I noticed that a lot too, like in her world, and how she'll be bright, and then her dad will say something, and she'll like turn dark yeah. colors. And Obi actually turns pink whenever he's around Mayday or Miles, yes, right. To sh- and I'm like, oh, Obi definitely looks at Miles like a younger brother, or um just like somebody to mentor and look after i love how obi like he was kind of played out by everybody else um around miles to be like oh he's kind of uh stepping on miles toes and like you know him and gwen there might be something going on maybe there is maybe there isn't um but he never antagonizes miles like that he's never an antagonist he's just purely there to cause chaos and he knows miles is the one to do it so he's like yeah Use your palms, not just the fingertips. I'm yeah. like, yep. But to go along with that, who is everybody's favorite spider person, animal, or thing? Personally, for me, I love Spider Knight. He was just a background character, but he holds my whole heart.
2: I don't know which Spider-Man it is, but it's the cowboy one. I, I don't know why. Maybe it's just because... I just love it. I really love the the Spider-Man one. And the horse, I love how the horse had a little Spider-Man too.
3: This is tough cuz there's like a lot there is a lot to consume with like Spider-People. So I'm sure like with time I'll like be able to process all of the different people. Uh I like all the women. The women, the Spider-women are just they're great. I I can't really pick a favorite one. I love Gwen. Um and then I also loved uh I forget what like name she had but it was the the like cyber spider where yeah spider bite the holographic one there we go they were just really cool um but then also i'm trying to think i i really liked andy samberg as he was spider oh my gosh i'm blanking on his name but he was he wasn't spider punk that was daniel K- kalua right um I think Andy Samberg was the guy who was like always like flexing. He was like, oh,
1: Scarlet Spider.
3: Scarlet yeah. Spider. Yeah, that's it. I was like, it's some spider and some color. I'm like, <laughs> te- I'm like thinking of the different colors, but I hope that they bring Andy Samberg back for just a little bit more, just like little cameos there, not too much, but just enough. Yeah.
1: Yeah. No, for sure. I definitely loved how each Spider Person, not only were they like, oh yeah, they were true to the Spider Man name and mantle. But they each still had their own distinctive personalities. Like, I think one of my favorite cameos I saw in there was Peter Parked Car, which was just a spider car. Yeah. And I think that was hilarious. And, like, the cat, Spider Cat. Yes. Love Spider Cat. Just the
3: jokes they made with a lot of those that are just so quick because they would just have the, like, caption come up with their name. And if you didn't catch it, you wouldn't really get the joke. Um, but if you did, like, you could hear people, like, laughing because they could see it. But maybe, like, kids wouldn't see it because, like, shapes and colors and they're looking all around. But, yeah, if you notice those little things, it's, it's funny.
1: Yeah, they do a good job providing context, especially for, like, uh, Spider-Punk. Some of his, mm-hmm. um, like, vernacular and some of his um, words, like, I don't have a Scooby-Doo. And in the bottom, it's like, oh, that's Cockney for Scooby-Doo rhymes with clue, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, that's clever. I like how they add context especially for those who are more casual film yeah. watchers. Yeah.
2: Sorry, when you mentioned about how like the quick like pacing and the quick like like jokes, um that was like I was definitely the kid that you were referring to yeah. that just goes over my head cuz it just really like a lot of the stuff was just so quick for me and also yeah. some of like the um what is it? Some of the like Little comic things at the, the bottom. Panels, yeah. I, 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 I'm too slow reading. Really. Yeah, I was just like, no. Oh.
3: It's <laughs> definitely. This movie is sort of, like, yeah, you want to see it on the big screen, but, like, it's also really a streaming movie because you need to pause. And I I was kind of, like, it's kind of not right to say kids because, like, anyone can, like, miss that. (laughs) I am kids. So, like, anyone who's maybe, like, focusing on something else, it's great to, like, have streaming where you can, like, pause it and you can look at all the details and stuff. So, yeah, this is definitely, like, they put, like, time and effort. They put, you said, like, four years of effort into this movie so we like when it comes out the streaming it's like it needs the pausing it needs the like time to absorb it yeah
1: i definitely agree i'm going to once the movie comes out like on streaming services this i'm going to analyze it frame by frame because it happens yeah, yeah. so quickly it's hard to process it all it's going to take like five watch throughs to pick up everything yeah. right speaking about that what were some subtle easter eggs or design choices each of you appreciated?
2: I think my favorite, um, I think my favorite was like the obvious one of like the pointing fingers. Yeah. With everybody, I thought that was really funny. And then there was this one, the one where the it was a Spider Man in the therapist office. I laughed just as hard at the joke the first time as I did like in the trailers. Like it's just like, <laughs> let me guess, your Uncle Ben. Mm, yeah. It was just so perfect, and it was just so 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 funny. Um as I mentioned earlier, just the design and the world of Gwen Stacy is just top notch.
3: Yeah. I would have to agree with the Gwen Stacy. I think especially like the backgrounds and so much meaning to the story and like having the dad sort of, there's a background when he's talking to her and like there's the two light panels, but in the center there's a dark one and it like represents him kind of, kind of going back Like, pulling back from the situation. And I I especially love those panels and how they change. Not just, like, for her mood, but with the situation and stuff. And the different designs that come up. Um, There's a lot of stuff in the movie. And when I watch it again, I'm sure I'll, like, think of jokes that, like, stick with me. But right now, just the little things they added in with, like, the different canons, the Spider-Man canons, um, that, like uh didn't make it like a fan service but like still added like adding in just clips of like Andrew Garfield when it was appropriate and uh Tobey Maguire when like oh this is canon event showing you know a canon event we know um or even like the animated Spider-Man's like Spider-Man Ultimate they added in some stuff from that and Spectacular Spectacular Spider-Man and just like I like those because it really, aside from like the big movies, it's appreciating the little like stories that we kind of like we grew up with um, and that are still canon too. So I, those are the ones I can remember. Cause they're like those. Um, then also blanking on his real name, Childish Gambino, Donald, Donald Glover. Glover being in there. Um, and I almost forgot he was Aaron Davis in uh, like uh, to, uh, Tom Holland's spider-man universe because they never circled back to him but whatever
1: yeah they never circled back but there's also a deleted scene where he's sitting there webbed to the back mm-hmm. of the car and he calls his nephew miles yes and he's like hey miles i'm gonna be late and i'm like this is set up so perfectly it i is, love yeah. this and i'm glad that donald glover i think he was he's the one who spurred the whole miles morales he was, um, yeah. idea like years ago was talking about it And I'm so glad Miles is getting more spotlight and kind of picking up um, that mantle from, like, Peter Parker, right, being, like, the base for Spider-Man. Because I think having the representation and the diversity for such a beloved superhero, because the Spider-Man, like, ultimately represents the average individual. He's neighborhood Spider-Man. It's always about putting yourself in their shoes and being like, wow, I can relate to this character. The smart quips the down to earth vibes is never like oh i have to deal with this multiverse multi-universal level yeah. threat it's like
3: somebody stealing <laughs> yeah. yeah
1: it's like oh i just this person stealing from a shoe store right yeah. what can i do to go out of my way
3: right yeah that brings up something really great that uh, that's come from this movie and like the last movie is that the amount of spider people really just like opens people's creativity up to create their own so i saw an artist who saw the spider woman who had the hijab and she's like oh i'm gonna create my own and so she did this like beautiful artwork of like her um in the spider suit and it had like these like gaucho pants and it like I, I thought it was like so cool and that's like i was thinking about that as like one of my favorite spider people but she, they didn't it was just like a flash and they were there so hopefully maybe they come back to her but that that was one thing that i just loved that came from this yeah
1: she definitely stood out to me a lot i saw that and i was sincerely like yes i love that and on that topic do you feel like there's any spider people that you feel personally represent you in the movie or any that you uh, feel like are representing something of your beliefs or that matter to you? Personally, I can't say I relate too much with any particular spider person, but I definitely can appreciate the representation they put in the film. Um, You know, like Miles growing up from a... They, they play at this in the movie in the beginning, the quote-unquote immigrant, but it's like, I'm not an immigrant, you know, Puerto Rico is part of America. But um, the growing up in a bilingual household um, in New York City and just uh, pulling away from the Peter Parker stereotype of, oh, I don't have parents and I live with, like, my aunt. Um, I think representation, especially media right now, really matters. And with Spider-Man being the the superhero you're supposed to just fit yourself into and relate to i think having such a wide variety to choose from is very important and i think it was awesome that they did that with this movie right like all the different body shapes every spider uh, person in there has like a different body shape i'm like wow i can relate to some of those right or i know some people who uh, might relate relate with some of the builds
2: that's really interesting um i think for me um, I am a person who grew up in a bilingual household, um, so I think the person that I'll probably relate to, like, like is, like, Mom Morales, like, in the way of, like, oh, like, I grew up in a bilingual household. Granted, like, both of my parents are immigrants, but, only, like, but not even, like, it's whatever. Um, or it's Puerto Rico. It's different um but also like (laughs) when when his mom was just like his mom definitely reminded me of my mom just like in the ways of like yeah if i ever even like got like a c in spanish like she'd be like (laughs) absolutely not like even now she's like they say you need to go like to like a school like for like spanish or or you need to like pick up again on your spanish um and just the way of her kind of like letting go that actually really choked me up because i kind of had that experience with my mom recently because like going off to college like I think I'm the only one in my entire like 100 plus family <laughs> family um who actually like went off to college like off like oh, like away from home. So it was just like a really big deal for like my whole family um so she kind of had to like let go of that as well like how um Miles Morales was like being like let go into like the the multiverse and I kind of had that a similar talk of like of like oh like please like protect yourself um you know with my mom so Yeah, it's pretty cool.
3: I didn't relate to a lot of the people, not, like, closely. But I guess a little bit with Miles and, like, having to balance everything. Um, And then a little bit with, this is weird, but Peter B. Parker. And, like, this is a little bit from the first movie, but carried over. Not with the kid thing. Absolutely not. But with the learning to, like, you know be you know proud of yourself and living up to your mistakes and then becoming a better person because of that i think i've really related with his kind of deal there yeah
1: and i do want to backtrack on my statement i do agree with daisy there with um the miles having to let go a really important scene to me was when uh rio miles mom or miss morales she doesn't like being called by her first name <laughs> um, um how she was talking to miles about his inner child about making sure that no matter where he goes to take care of that and how her and you know his dad cultivated that to make sure that he was he had the tools and he had the love and affection to prepare himself for the real world and as long as he takes care of his inner child she she'll be proud of him and that's something i related to as being the oldest child in my family and um slowly like growing apart from that family structure with my parents uh the talks I've had with them specifically my mom too and so i i definitely do heavily relate with miles when it comes to the um the parental uh, aspect of his life and how do we feel about miguel starting out as kind of like this overarching like super spider leader of the spider society but then like at the end of the movie he's portrayed as a villain even though his intent is to save the universe do you think he's more of a like necessary evil or do you think he's i believe he's justified personally i think he's doing what he needs to to make sure the multiverses doesn't collapse because he already went through that with peter b parker Mm -hmm. right he knows the dangers And so I think he is pulling the necessary evil. And it's not like he's completely heartless or soulless. We've seen him with Mayday, right? Like he still has humor. He just shuts it off because he knows somebody has to, right? Because Spider-Man's entire thing is he wants to win. He wants to have his cake and eat it too, right? Um, And so it's... I think Miguel is doing what needs to be done. And it kind of sucks he's being seen more as the villain towards the end of the movie right but how do you all feel about that
2: i um i think he falls more into anti-hero territory like i think like he like he kind of does like whatever it takes to keep the multiverse but it is whatever it takes like good or bad um to keep the multiverse in line um so yeah like in that aspect i feel like he's an anti-hero um but yeah he's really cool i think he's pretty cool
3: I think he's, for some reason, when I thought of his plot line, I thought of the TBA in Loki. Um, not that they're even close in like the le- like the the level of execution because that was Spider Across Spider Verse is probably executed way better than uh, Loki, but it's whatever. Um, but yeah, it's kind of like the TBA and like you know you don't want them to like keep doing it almost but you know it's like necessary because they're trying to avoid like a multiverse kind of collapse so I think yeah he does fall into that anti-hero um but I think yeah I think his emotions have been shut off by his experiences and so he's doing what he can he's doing or he's doing what he needs to but he doesn't have the emotional capacity to make it easy for people so yeah
1: i mean he's definitely still has his clips like when he's talking yeah. with miles and like the hologram and like obi and all that he's like i wish you weren't here i, I was gonna try and forget you were here but it, you're making it possible yeah. he's like i'm not here mate or here yeah <laughs> right like he's definitely still has the quips and the humor he just has to be the one to put his foot down and yeah. say hey can't do this but speaking about Miguel, he is menacing. He is like almost animalistic in the way he will defend the multiverse, like on all fours, just jumping around, like nails deep and like everything, like clawing through metal. He literally ripped a hole through a space space and time portal, basically with Miles. And I was like, that is dedication. I love him, but I wish they touch more on his vampiric side. 'Cause I he doesn't ha- he doesn't have spider senses. He just has pure reflex and like in the beginning with the vulture. Um, he's like about to eat him and then the helicopter's like, Hey dude, don't do that, that's not cool, and he's like, Okay, whatever. <laughs> yeah. And then he has like his suppressive shot he puts in his like shoulder, but they never touch on it again. Yeah. And I wish they ho- I hope they do in the second
2: movie. Yeah, yeah. Or the third. I see it. I i see them touching on it again. And yeah, I remember I think I asked my friend who I um my partner who I sat with, I was like I was like, Isn't he a vampire? I was like <laughs> I was like, Isn't he a vampire? Like why I didn't see a lot of like vampire stuff besides in the beginning when he was like gonna eat the vulture. Um yeah, I really wish they would have would have touched on that more.
3: Wait, so is he Morbius? Is he Morbius? Yeah, and you know what? No. Yeah. Ah, no. Yeah. No, 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 yeah, I, I can't I believe no, that no. came no, into my mind. You don't canon, say that. no, it's that's canon. canon. Morbius
1: it's... doesn't have cool lasers.
3: No, okay, yeah, yeah. I with Miguel, I am a little bit scared though that he is a vampire uh scared of the fan art. I cuz of Twilight cuz no. of what vampires have done to our society, I'm I'm a little frightened. If
1: you want to think about it this way, Twilight's already canon in Spider-Man because Penny Parker uh her comic series is written by uh Gerard Way, who oh. is the lead singer of My Chemical Romance yeah. who was inspired by certain events. Oh, no in a certain year which also inspired twilight so let's just say that the multiverse theory is real um twilight released to gerard way who wrote yes. and directed uh penny parker's comics which is also heavy with evangelion references for those who know that's why penny parker looks super depressed um yeah so i i guess we're it's already there we're already yeah. there it's it's like a yeah. giant web
3: Yeah, Yeah. I also, I've also seen people like do like taking it not as vampire, but as, like, even, like, a wolf or, like, cat. And oh, I'm like, like a
1: lycanthrope yeah. situation. I'm like,
3: you know what? Do your own thing. Do I'm just a little thing. scared. It's like, <laughs> it, scared. as long as
1: it has fangs, I guess you can say that. Yeah. his part whatever.
3: Because they didn't really explain it all that much yet. Um, I'm sure they are. I'm like, sure. Like, in his own yeah.
1: comics and movies and Yeah, they and did, whatever, But
3: for the average, like, person. I who don't, doesn't know. They well. don't know the background. Yeah.
1: But do you think canon events can be replaced or circumvented or do all the spider people have to suffer? Cause like, for example, with Gwen, her dad resigns from being a cop right before becoming captain. So is her dad just not going to die or is something else going to take place where either he still dies or somebody important no. to her dies? What Cause, if- Cause that's the question. Because like, if, uh, miles makes his dad resign, what happens to that canon event because that's what connects all Spider-Man? Does it delete that canon event? Does it replace it with the very similar?
2: What if what if it's just like, "Oh, you your your dad has to die" and then just like Miguel just
1: shows up and just like <laughs>
3: <Yeah>. <laughs> That's what I thought he was going like, to do. Like, He's ready. ready. <laughs>
1: Yeah, no, because Obi, def- or Obi, definitely pointed that out um, with Miles when he was talking with Miles. He's like, "Oh, I bet you have it all cut out for you. I bet you have a good relationship with your parents." Or he's like, "Oh, we're fighting right now." And he's like, "Oh, well, you're still not gonna have a fun time with other Spider people because, like, in every other like Spider person's like life, their parents are never a part of it. They're like dead. Yeah, they're dead from like birth, not from birth obviously, but like, childhood from from the get go. Right when you meet Spider Man, it's Uncle Ben and Aunt May." And so, like, Miles is definitely a unique situation in that. Um, And so that was a lot of, like, I saw a lot of memes and jokes going around about that. And it's, like, before the movie came out, I was like, what's the plot of the movie? And it's Miguel pointing at, like, Miles would be like, his parents are alive. Get him. get
3: him out of here.
2: (laughs) No, actually, something that I also noticed um, that I just remembered again. Um, Was that when I think it was like Gwen who was like, oh, like hey Peter Parker and like all like Spider-Man would be like, hey Gwen, hey Gwen, hey Gwen, like I noticed like I think that's when I first realized like oh he feels like an anomaly because like he his name's Miles it's not yeah. Peter Parker that's like the first time that I was like huh interesting and then like it it like paid off and I was like. Ah. smart Yeah.
3: yeah I think something I just I watched someone do a commentary on No Way Home and I was like kind of thinking about both of them in the same context now uh I was just thinking about that Peter Parker and the path he went on losing Tony Stark and losing Aunt May so I'm like maybe yeah maybe it is they just switch because he loses I guess uh Tony Stark is like someone important and then Aunt May is basically the family member, but it, it's a... Tony
1: Stark's, like, the Uncle Ben. Yeah,
3: he's the Uncle Ben, and then, like, Aunt May is, I guess, the important person or something, or the captain, or I don't
1: know, maybe yeah, is something. Yeah, it, is it just, like, it's mostly always a police captain, but sometimes yeah. it's just like, hey, it's been five years, so now somebody close to you has to yeah. die.
3: Randomly. Yeah. Humble
1: yourself. <laughs> yeah,
3: um... Or maybe, maybe Tony Stark is the police captain. He's like an important rank or something, you know? I mean, he
1: is kind of like the, uh, the head honcho of the Avengers. Yeah. Like the... He's the
3: captain of the
1: Avengers. <laughs> yeah, like I guess. Captain America, nah. It's Captain yeah. Rich Dude.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
2: but I remember in No Way Home, like, they mentioned, like, oh, like, do you remember, like, what Uncle Ben said? Yeah, that's what and, I was also thinking. And too. Like, I was um, like, wait.
3: Yeah, and he was like, ooh, so. He member, so he technically did follow it, but he's lost a lot of other people. Yeah. So I would talk to Miguel about that. Oh, like Uh, i didn't have to lose everyone
2: well i mean like spider-man i feel like loses a lot of people anyways yeah it's like that can just be collateral
3: yeah i was just thinking about that in the path he went on too and like how different
2: that's probably mm -hmm. probably why
3: they didn't show him
0: yeah is it like
3: so like there's like oops yeah there's like a (laughs) checklist and you, you check off the minimum you lose two people and then any extras is fine. You go
1: through as your heartbreak. You, the you go through the divorce. You yeah. go through the being check, broke and venom. Check.
2: It what's, pay me rent. But what's also fascinating me is that doesn't Gwen Stacy, either Gwen Stacy or, um, oh my God, I'm so bad. MJ? Gwen's MJ. Don't like one of them at least die too?
1: Gwen, Gwen usually dies. Exactly. Exactly. It's
2: usually Gwen. So I'm like MJ's, MJ's
3: spared.
1: Peter, Peter died in Gwen's universe. So I think uh, that was okay. the role reversal there. Yeah. Now for this next topic, I'm just going to say two words. The spot. Thoughts, feelings, concerns, witticisms.
2: I loved the spot. I love a villain that's goofy and then just really serious. That's just like, oh, I'm going to mess everything up in a bad way. And you're like, at first, like, at first I was like, oh, ha-ha, that's funny. And then we're just like, oh, no, <laughs> stop what you're doing. Um, My. um. My boyfriend, he's really into comics. So he also thought, like, oh, like this is just like gonna be like a silly little like Spider Man like villain. Um, but then once the movie kept going, like we both were like, Oh no, like this is this is gonna destroy everything. And I loved his entrance. Like like, like when we last see him. And his artwork and his art design, I think is probably um I love, again, I love Gwen's, like, art design and world design, but I think the spot, I think his um, character design and just design in general is just so cool. Um, and just how he, like, he's the spot. Like, he he can't know exactly where to go. Like, he doesn't, like if he puts one spot down, another spot down, like, he can't, like, halo, like um, portal his way through. Yeah. Like, he doesn't know where it is, um, which I thought was really cool. Um, yeah.
3: Yeah, I I relate all my stuff to like different movies. So this is how I'm processing him. He's like the Scrappy of this movie, but with like the live action Scooby Doo. You know how Scrappy's Scrappy's cool. He's like whatever. He's like the villain in the Scooby Doo movie where that didn't make sense. This does with the spot where they they took like uh you were saying like a uh, a character who's just a one off villain um easily destroyable into like this huge force um and i think it's a good character it makes sense it's a good jumping point um and yeah i like the goofy personality um and he's almost like if they did um uh electro right um where he's like this this like yeah sort of mild-mannered person but like has that personality where it like if they just get a little bit of power or a little bit of something will just completely go off the rails. So, yeah, I, I liked it. And I think I I wasn't sure at first because I was like, oh, they're going to make him the villain. But, yeah, as they developed it, definitely. Yeah.
1: I have so much to say about the spot, but I will abbreviate it and keep it fairly quick because I could go on for hours. One of the things I really liked was in the beginning when he was just the goofy character, like in every like hero movie. It's like, oh, we have the villain of the, the week, as mm-hmm. they put it um and quickly pack him up send him out and it's like to show that this next villain's a real big evil dude right but i love the spot um how he was just a guy caught in unfortunate circumstances much like spider-man he's just like the dichotomy of spider-man it's but instead of embracing the good he can do he felt ostracized because he can't really keep his identity hidden Mm -hmm. it's a suit he can't take off he has to wear it And so he became ostracized because of that and he decided that he was going to ruin the person who he blames for everything, which was Miles. And one of the things I love is the subtle storytelling in this movie and what they do with the spot in the beginning. You can see his arms are sketched out and all his joints have circles around them, like when you were rough sketching a character. Mm -hmm. But as the movie goes on, those slowly start to fade and disappear until they're completely gone, which is when he's found his character arc and his personality and his motive. Right In the beginning, his motive was just, I have to be a villain for the sake of villainy. And you can see he's very sketched and rough and he's clumsy and he's not calculated at all. But into the movie, he becomes more calculated and conniving and thoughtful like thinking out his actions and what he wants to do and how he's going to do it and when he takes in all the dark matter and he becomes this being of pure antimatter, it is just it's it's horrifying to look at and like see the implications like, yeah
3: kind of like man
1: and one of the references I really like when he's sticking his head through, like, all the portals and stuff, not a lot of people might have caught this one venom? if they didn't watch the Venom movie.
3: Yes, yes, I caught that. I was like, well, this isn't Tom Holland. But then I, I recognized the lady. The I was cashier. Like, this is Venom.
1: Yeah, it was like, it was Venom. And then he's like, you, you're acting like this is every Tuesday. She's like, yeah, no, it's whatever, right? It's normal.
2: That is so funny because I did not see the Venom movie, and I was so confused. Oh, yeah, I was just like, was I that? literally was like, what is this lady? this lady's like not freaking out
1: <laughs> yeah no, know and that's that's one of the things is this movie's chock full of references you might not mm-hmm. get um but the spot is done so well and i love his character so much and i can't wait to see the destruction he brings in the second movie yeah. um especially just because it's one of those things where you have a villain who seems like goofy but their powers if you think about it for more than five seconds have bigger implications mm-hmm. right so love the spot got a spot for him in my yeah. heart <laughs> there we are, yeah. right he can gonna so consume through. all
3: the matter. No. the matter antimatter.
1: how do we feel about the reveals that miles is in the wrong universe where he never became spider-man and was instead supposed to be the prowler
3: i liked it i thought it was really good i was like oh uncle Aaron is he's gonna be the prowler or something and like the the kingpin and like work and all that not like kingpin but like he's gonna be the kingpin of everything since there's no like law and order um but then I like realized when he's like oh I'm not the prowler I was like oh it's Miles because like he's not dead so yeah I really I like the reveal I like that kind of alter ego like kind of thing I think it's
2: interesting having um Miles from Earth 42 be the Prowler um uh, because they didn't have a Spider-Man cuz that mm-hmm. Spider-Man into Miles's universe. Um and I thought that was really interesting especially since like I feel like the Prowler and Spider-Man like they're like complete opposites of each other yeah. and I love it when they're like it's complete opposites of like the other character. Um so yeah, I thought that reveal was really good, really cool. Um yeah, I just can't wait to see yeah, the next movie.
3: it also extenuates kind of the um, the insecurity in Miles's head that like I'm the anomaly. If this spider wouldn't have bit me, there's a likely possibility that I might have turned to crime, whether or not be the Prowler or, you know, something. But like almost that Spider-Man is something that's saving me. And of course, the other universe had Peter. But like, there's a possibility he would have, his uncle would have recruited him or something would have happened. But that's like, oh, that's a possible future I could have had.
1: And I think that was what was teased in the first movie. When Miles first got bit by the spider, his spider sense was green and purple, like the Prowler's colors. Mm -hmm. And then when he met Spider-Man, I think that rewrote fate in itself because his spider sense then turned blue and red. And so I think originally he was supposed to become the Prowler instead of his uncle, And him meeting Spider-Man changed his fate, and I think it's it's really cool to be see that and be like, oh wow, he, he, no matter where he is, he will be the anomaly because he was supposed to be a villain, not a hero. But the fact that like one encounter changed his entire fate, which means he now has to take up the mantle and suffer like every other Spider Person has. But as the Prowler, it's not a much better outlook. Like his father dies, and I mean, Uncle Aaron's still around, yes, but like his family life is just shattered, yeah. and he doesn't seem very present. But that being said, I think his character design is so good. It's like, yeah, yeah, it's Miles, but like, it's cool. Miles. It's it's cool, <laughs> Miles. <laughs> Instead of Miles, not that
3: Miles isn't cool, but it's like it's like it's so like weird. cold yeah. cold stone miles it's, yeah it's a weird reference but like it's urkel when he turned into his like alter ego and like that in family matters he like had this alter ego and he was like cool with girls now so maybe yeah
1: i was so giddy at that climax and when the movie ended yes i was upset that it ended at that cliffhanger but i think having it all the way at that peak yeah. sets the standard so high you need a
3: break too i wanted him to call back to when he goes hey, I feel like I they need to do it again. Movie. And I was like, come on, do it again. Because that would be so funny. Um, but yeah, I was like, darn, missed opportunity. Maybe in the next movie.
1: Yeah, especially like in the beginning um, where he's getting the cakes and there's like the roly-poly villain like on the uh, subway tracks. Yeah. Right? Where it's like, he go to just like, hey. hey.
3: <laughs> yeah.
1: Right. I, I love that. I love that he's finally comfortable with his powers. But also that kind of goes into it. If it's like, if he's the anomaly would he have? The, does he have these powers as the prowler or is it just the fact that he's like this radioactive spider like in that universe would Spider-Man 42 be able to go invisible and have electric powers or is that just unique to Miles? I
3: think that might be. I, are we going on Twilight rules? Because Twilight rules are <laughs> like you get bitten and then like Bella can like she doesn't get affected and like edward can read thoughts and stuff like that everyone
1: gets a unique
3: yeah everyone gets a unique i think it i think in this case it is the spider i think because using no way home logic uh toby can shoot um the web out of his like uh wrist but then the other guys have have the wrist wrist one um so i think yeah it just depends on the type of radioactive spider (laughs) i guess the yeah the different like
1: um each universe has different laws of physics yeah (laughs) some spiders have electricity some spiders turn invisible that'd be awful to live in a world where spiders turn invisible oh gosh i would i would not be what if we live in that world right now
3: i think in like because it's alchemix. it's 42 so if they done tests on like different ones i'm sure they've done like different genetic powers like in in the original spider-man they had a bunch of different didn't they have a bunch of different spiders or in one of them they had a bunch of different it was the Amazing Spider-Man. That's the one where they had... I had all the different ones, I think.
1: Yeah, I they were to... at the science facility, and they're yeah. like, here's all our different spiders, and this one's yeah. just been eating, like, plutonium.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think in one of those, they had different spiders they were testing on, so I, that's kind of the logic I'm, uh, I'm employing um, for, like, this.
2: I yep. mean, if they're all drawn differently, might as well have, like, different powers. Yeah, yeah, uh,
3: yeah.
0: We
1: keep talking about, like... The no way home and far from home and the tom holland universe how do we feel that the multiverse series uh like is the no the new go-to trope personally i feel like it's a cop-out but it can be done tastefully like everywhere anywhere all at once right i think they executed it perfectly i think uh the miles series has done it amazingly i do think marvel is kind of getting out of hand with it i think Mm -hmm. it's a little bit of a just infinite money machine where it's like hey we'll never run out of content because we'll We'll just say here's captain america but now it's pangea so the (laughs) the the the, uh continents never split so now it's like a huge like harmonious one nation and so it's like captain like earth or something right like this I feel like it can it, it's lazy in most aspects, but if you do it right, it's phenomenal.
2: Honestly, I mean like it's not really a hot take at this point. Like I I'm just so done with them. Like I like I'm 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 just like, uh, okay, like I get it. They did they that's not saying that they have not had like really good stuff, like Moon Knight. Ah yeah. I love Moon Knight. Oscar
3: Isaac. Oscar Isaac. Isaac there
2: you go. Um, and Werewolf by Night. I feel like nobody saw Werewolf by it was, Night. It was pretty good, I yeah. love Werewolf by Night. I literally watched it, like, four times. It was bad. I had, like, a phase where I just watched it. Anyways. Um, but, yeah, I'm just so tired of just Marvel stuff. And, I don't know. It's It, it just sucks. But I think that the multiverse thing, mainly I just need to, maybe it's just because, like, I need to, like, read more, read comics or, like, read more stuff about, like, multiverse stuff. But I just always feel so stupid. Like, when we're doing, like, multiverse kind of, like, stuff, like, I'm just, like, oh, but, like, what if this changes and what if that? And it's just, like, for my little pea brain, it's just, like, too complicated and it's just too, like, because then, yeah, like, if you're, like, in a multiverse, like, you can just pull anybody from yeah. any universe yeah. and just be, like, meh, like, here's this. It's, like, it's, it's, it's too many options, like, to a fault, so...
3: yeah Yeah, i i'm a little bit sick of it in marvel context uh not in like marvel overall marvel uh mcu disney uh context
1: their use of it like it's it's a little too much
3: it's too much and too varied like they cannot get one multiverse and i guess that makes sense because the multiverse is so vast but they can't get one understanding of it yet not maybe they're trying to do different ones and then pull them all together but it's just too much and i feel like the movies were all developed separately rather than the the first phases where they developed everything pretty much together they had a story um and i think with this i think also with marvel it's not a it's not creative it's like zombie doctor strange and that's all we have for like creativity they're like they're limitless of the multiverse is actually limiting them they're limiting themselves um but with this they're just being creative they're being wacky with like Peter Parked car, but then they're coming out with like you know, different diverse people and like different cartoon styles and like like Marvel like Disney Marvel isn't gonna like do a cartoon and like multiverse. I think they might have done they did
0: that. What if what? they did? Was, yeah, and
3: what if. if? But
0: that's that's that was, still that's just the they want to keep it
3: in live action. Yeah. Yeah. They want to um, but like Spider Verse wasn't afraid to add live action um but they kept it you know mostly cartoon but they like played with the different cartoon styles and like everything everywhere all at once played with the wacky aspects along with like the serious aspects they had like as abstract as a rock but then also like as serious as like um you know this is kind of abstract but you know the long fingers but it was like um they had a relationship and it was serious like that and i think marvel is it doesn't want to go there yet and i'm like if you don't go there you're not it's not going to be interesting it's not going to be captivating
1: yeah i'm personally really glad that sony kept the spider-man ip i think as much as they lease it to marvel i think that's fine but i think sony over the years has done spider-man the most justice that i've seen with any recent ip um like mostly pointing at mcu i don't think I checked out a Marvel before they even started calling it phases like phase 2. I guess is where I stopped like I I wasn't really ever big a uh, superhero like movie fan so like I watched Avengers and then there was the second Avengers and then the third I was like this is getting too repetitive, mm-hmm. and then it's like all oh, these storylines are kavalu I'm like, oh, so I can't just watch like what? Guardians yeah. of the Galaxy. I have to watch Guardians of the Galaxy with Avengers, with Endgame, and Infinity War. And it's yeah. like I can't just enjoy one series. All these series tied together, or else I'm missing out. So I just checked out, and I was like, I'll hear about it. I'll learn about it. I'm. I don't want to sit down and watch like 30 movies in a row and that that's that's really just for me i so whenever you guys talk about marvel or like tom holland i'm just like i have no clue what's going on i just know i love the spot so much (laughs) i love peter parked car
3: yeah
1: speak about like the multiverse and all that how do we feel about all the dc and marvel movies like the live action versus animation do you think animation is becoming a bigger medium or do you think that animation in the aspect of actual animation, not just CGI and 3D computer rendering, is making a comeback or maybe revolutionized because of the Spider-Verse trilogy.
2: So everybody that's close to me knows, like, I will scream that animation is a medium, not a genre, like, into the ether. Like, I heavily, wholeheartedly believe this. Um, There have been some, like, heartbreaking, gut-wrenching like, animated, like, films, and people still call, like, animated films, like, like, oh, like, they're kids' movies. Like, I remember I, I told my sister, I was like, oh, let's go watch the Spider-Man movie. And she's like, no, but it's, like, a kids' movie. I'm like, it's not a kids' no. movie. So I would just, like, get so, like, upset, and it gets me, like, so, like, ah, like, so upset when people, like, say that, like, animated movies are kids' movies, because just, like, filmmaking, like, like... <laughs> I don't know. I feel like with animated movies, like I can see more of like when people say like, oh, um, filmmaking like is an art, like what they're actually doing is moving pictures, you know? Like they're actually moving pictures and they're actually like, you know, drawing each frame, drawing yeah. each thing. Um, no matter if it's CG or if it's um or it's or if it's animation like um like Spider-Verse. Um it's it's an art form and it's and it's a skill and you know it needs to be respected more and it yeah it's just so yeah that that really just like gets me off that that doesn't also when you said something on the lines of like how like sony is like comparing to um disney and like universal and stuff like that i think it's so funny because i feel like people forget that the emoji movie came out yeah. of Sony yep. Animation. Yep, yep, yep. Wait, 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 Which is wait, wait, really wait, wait, funny. Wait, wait, wait,
1: wait,
2: wait. I think that's funny. And I think that's just an astute observation that we all need to make. That yes, Spider-Verse and
3: Spider-Man like is like their magnum it's opus. Same studio, yeah. different... All obviously. Different <laughs> yeah, I think the credit to this really goes to um, the Miller Brothers. Yeah. Uh, they did the Lego movie. They did um, the one, it came out on Netflix uh, about the family who fight... The robots, oh, Mitchell's uh, versus the machines. Yes, they are. I think they also did Cloudy with the Chance of Meatballs. I believe. Yeah. Um, they're they're great. Uh, they are like known. It's like uh, Genji Ter- Tarkovsky or whatever who did uh, Hotel Transylvania and um, all of these other ones. Uh, I think he also did. I forget. Oh, I forget whatever he did. Um, a Cartoon Network show um but yeah it really the credit goes to there it's like different filmmakers um but yeah i really think i agree with yours that animation is a medium not a genre um guillermo del toro said that at the oscars even though i didn't agree with pinocchio winning i was rooting for yeah. Puss in boots too i'm so sorry Me too. um and i was so disappointed because i'm sure after this he's just gonna go back to live action and never think about animation again um but yeah I don't but I, I don't think enough people have accepted that yet and I think it's going to take a while so
2: especially since like drawing in my opinion drawing is harder than than like filmmaking and film because like you can just take a picture and like you know obviously you have to think about the technical stuff like white balance focus like all of the other technical stuff but like drawing like it takes hours to do like one frame
1: I've recently been hearing that quote a lot of animation is a medium, not a genre. And the thing is, I've never really, it's not that I didn't think about that. I just always thought of it as, oh yeah, it was a medium, not a genre because I grew up watching all different sorts of animated films and movies. And like a good um, example, this is like, adult swim adult swim has a lot of animated shows that aren't meant for children. no 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 it's not like oh just because we want creative liberty and colors it's for children it's drawing lets you bring whatever you want to life without practical effects or without cgi or editing you can explore so much more and so i love animation i'm close friends with a lot of animators i mean even my first tattoo is a um a symbol of online animators from like Newgrounds and YouTube and such. And so you know, animation's great. I mean Studio Ghibli like Princess Mononoke. Yeah, or oh yeah. Grave of the Fireflies, not no, a kids No 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 no, don't
3: show that. Yeah, show that to your kid.
1: Oh yeah. Go ahead and watch let's...
3: Watch Archer. Yeah. Show your watch kid Archer.
1: Archer. Bob's Burgers is some...
3: Bob's Burgers, <laughs> I yeah. I think Bob's There's Burgers like is, is like King of the to Hill. There's like adult animation. I see like Archer and some Adult Swim stuff is like, yeah, you're going to show this to your kid? Don't show this to your kid. Yeah.
1: But like if you... I feel like Archer is just like the newer age King of the Hill. Like yeah. King of the Hill. Like my parents never had a problem with King of the Hill, but they had a problem with South Park,
0: mm-hmm. right? It's like King of the Hill yeah, you can South watch because it's
1: just adults, like adult situations. Like kids wouldn't yeah. relate to it, but it's just realistic life adult situations um and then you have like um archer which is just vulgar or aqua teen hunger force or south park where it's just i don't know how south park like how they even get on air i mean it's not I can't say i'm i'm not dissing on it and saying like oh i mean yes it's like lowbrow crude humor but also it's, it's like lot. it's a lot but it's like also there's an audience for that and i'm not saying it's like inherently bad or whatnot i'm just saying like yeah who who is approving this to be shown on television because yeah. like some kids gonna like like Turn oh i want to go to channel 48 and watch cartoon network because adventure time but then it's like 9 p.m
3: swim yeah
1: and actually i think i heard that they're it used to be at 8 p.m it switched over to adult swim but now cartoon network isn't getting as much traffic so i think they're switching it over to 6 p.m
3: ah uh, yeah that's oh. even a little more dangerous so mm-hmm. not like dangerous it,
2: but well, just a lot like of being kids aware after, after after dinner cartoons yeah because yeah. it
1: was like after i mean our generation when we were younger it was like yeah we had we still had cable streaming was fairly new like we had like Netflix, Re- yeah. Still Netflix. to get DVD. the from Netflix. Yeah. Yeah. Put it in like your Wii or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. um But then we had cable, and then now all kids like have streaming services and YouTube. They can curate and watch whatever they want. Mm-hmm. And so, for like families and such, it's just a lot easier. Like, oh, than paying two hundred dollars a month for oh, cable. Yeah. Right, it's like oh, pay a hundred dollars for internet, pay fifty dollars for some streaming services, and then I have an extra fifty dollars to go to groceries mm-hmm. and whatnot. Right, and so <laughs> priorities, so priorities. The, yeah, yeah. Priorities. See, we see the real film club advocate, <laughs> <Yeah>. and normie <laughs> host. Um, but yeah, no, it's uh, it's it's interesting to see the shift in media.
0: You've been listening to Film Club. A production of the Alaska Teen Media Institute. Our show's theme music was composed by myself, Kendrick Whiteman. Alaska Teen Media Institute is based in Anchorage, Alaska. We would like to acknowledge the Native people whose land we work on. Many thanks to supporters of our podcast, including the Alaska Community Foundation through the 2022 Health Communities Art Culture Play Grant. The views expressed in this program do not necessarily represent the views of our sponsors. Thanks to our listeners who contribute to our programs and help us leverage additional funds and grants. If you'd like to support Youth Voices in Alaska and help keep our podcast going, you can support us through Patreon. It's a membership platform that makes it easy for you to support creative endeavors just like me. Just go to patreon.com slash alaskateenmedia. You can also help out by subscribing to, rating, or writing a review of our podcast on Apple Podcasts. Every little bit helps us get our stories out there. And if you are a youth, ages 13 to 24, who loves movies and is interested in being part of our film club, go to alaskateenmedia.org slash join. Or you can email us at news at alaskateenmedia.org. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Alaska Media. Follow us for all sorts of updates. For Alaska Media, I'm Kendrick Whiteman. Thanks for listening.